welcome in to this episode of Farscast, episode 27. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, I've been a couple of days. We had a uh, we had an episode uh, just a couple of days ago. We had uh, Shane Bishop, the producer for uh, Dateline NBC. A really, really nice guy. Uh, I've been talking to Shane for a long time. Uh, if you uh, haven't had a chance to uh, check that out, it's on Apple, Google, YouTube, my Facebook page. Uh, so go uh, check that out. Joining me on this episode is Zach Seginga. You guys all know who Zach is. What's going on, man? You know, kind of lazy Sunday. Gotta love it. It's uh, It's been a rainy Sunday, that's for sure, in, at least in, in the Midwest. I, I mean, I can't say for everywhere else. Um, yeah, certainly I, here in KC, it has just been a dreary, drippy kind of day. Well, I was in Mexico for a week, and I uh, I was checking my phone uh, for the weather, coming back and everything, and I'm just looking at the forecast, and it's raining every single day, supposedly, which I'm kind of concerned because I've got tickets to a Royals game next week, so I don't know. Uh, I mean, the, candidly, they, with that, I'd be more concerned about the on-field product than anything falling out of the sky. But uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that is a very good call. Personal opinion. <laughs> yeah, they went from like the best record to baseball, and they lost like what eleven in a row. Uh, I think you... so, something like that. Definitely, yeah. uh yeah, definitely a challenge. But yeah, hey, that's baseball, man. Like, yeah, it's one hundred and sixty-two games, so that's the equivalent of playing like yeah, three really good quarters of football and then three really bad quarters of football. That is weird. Uh, yeah, so we'll see where we land. I think we'll end up being okay, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I, everyone was like, because the Royals are doing this thing where they like, and I'm sure other baseball uh, teams are doing it the same way, where they are only selling tickets by month. So like the month of June, which includes Memorial Day weekend, that is not out yet. Um, and people are, are like wanting tickets now. I'm kind of curious. It's like, are they going to be able to sell as much? Because I don't know. Uh, we'll see. By the way, real quick note uh, before we move on. Um, uh, this is going to be the last episode for a while. In fact, this is going to be the last episode of the month. Um, next uh, weekend is my birthday. Friday is my birthday. Saturday, I, I mentioned I'm going to a Royals game. Uh, so I just kind of want to chill on my on my birthday that weekend. And then the following weekend is Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I'm just going to... I'm relaxing. Uh, No. uh, So pretty much what I'm going to be doing these next couple of weekdays, uh, just kind of doing all my errands, all that shit. So um, not going to be doing any podcasting. So for those of you who were uh, looking for uh, an episode, sorry to disappoint me. uh, Not going to be doing any of those. So uh, feel free to check out past content on there. I'll definitely be posting on social media. So, uh, but no, nothing. um, Yeah. no, uh, no podcast content for um, not until June, basically. Uh, my brother and I were already talking about Memorial Day weekend. We're just going to go out to place to eat and drink. When was the last time you went out to, to eat or drink at a bar or at a restaurant? Uh, that'd be yesterday. Oh, yeah. You, me too. <laughs> uh, my yeah. brother. Have you been Martin going? City Beer Co., man. Gotta have you been that. going out to restaurants or bars during this pandemic, or have you been staying in mostly? Since I got vaxxed, I have been you know, a lot more chill about it. Um, yeah, you know, me too. I'd say that, yeah, before that though, you could probably count them on one hand. Yeah. I, uh, I did not Maybe dine in, uh, anywhere. Uh, um, it's, it felt weird 
So yesterday, you know where Rock and Brews is at uh, Prairie Fire? Yeah, Prairie Fire, for sure. Yeah, really. I love that area. And <clears throat> excuse me, they're finally expanding the place, which I'm really excited about. They've been talking about that for years. Um, I don't really know if it, it, I know there's one business that did close, unfortunately, there. Um, they've got some really nice places to eat and drink there. It's a really small uh, area. Brass Onion Man is flames for brunch. Okay. I Highly have, recommend. I have not ate there. There, there was a different restaurant Highly before. Recommend. Do you remember the name before Brass Onions? It was like, I can't remember the name. Um, but yeah, I'll have to try Brass Onions sometime. Uh, they also have the uh, Pinstripes uh, restaurant where. Also a good time. Yes. It is. That's actually where the big the slick guys good, go. Drinks are good, and yeah, the big slick stuff always takes place there. Yeah, so. the, on the Saturday of that entire weekend with the bowling and everything. So, but anyway, uh, where was I? Which oh, is still yeah. like the coolest Kansas Cityist thing ever, by the oh, way. The big yeah, slick one hundred percent. Like, I'm glad they're doing some part of it this year. Um, I was pretty bummed. They're out doing all of it this year. year. They're going big now. Yeah. Oh, when is the softball game? I'm pretty sure it's mid June, if memory serves. Oh, okay. Look. I did not. Uh, I did not know that. I um, will look and let you know. <laughs> uh, I did not know that. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned. It. I thought it was all just. Uh, uh, they were doing just a part of it. But anyway, maybe they're doing it virtually again this year. Let's see. Let's find out. Either way, I know last year they still raised a lot of money. Um, okay, I guess they're not doing the. Uh, I don't think they're packing everybody into Kauffman Stadium in June, uh, but they're doing a. The Big Slick Virtually Talented Show on Saturday, June twelfth. So okay, I did hear about that. Yeah, it is no idea little... what that means, but could be fun. I think a lot of <laughs> celebrities, because there hasn't been a lot of production, I think a lot of celebrities are now spending this time to actually work on things, either in front of the camera or behind the camera. So I think a lot of them are too busy this year anyway because they all want to get back to work. Because um, I know a lot. That's of always them... the struggle in general. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I mean, they have such a tight, tight window that they make this happen in. Uh, that It's honestly awesome that we get to do it, period. Just for, yeah, you think of the time of year that they get it done. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of a whirlwind for them. They come in, I think, like, yeah, Wednesday or Thursday, or spend the entirety of Thursday, you know, meeting kids over at Children's Mercy, doing that whole bit. Then they'd usually have the softball game, then all of Saturday shenanigans, then back to whichever coast they uh, came from. <laughs> Yeah. The Friday, uh, the Friday softball game. Uh, I mean, that's just funny because after they visit the kids in the hospital, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing they go to like a private place and because obviously they can't go out in public in that big group, but um, they are just hammered, uh, especially by the time they go on the field. I remember um, David Keckner, I think. Uh, so the way they used to do it, and I'll get back to what, what we were talking about with the restaurants and everything in a moment, but um, the, some of the local celebrities, they were all mic'd up with, um, with one of those earpieces, and we, had, we just basically left their mics on so they can talk and commentate while they're doing the whole uh, softball game. And I remember David Keckner was talking to somebody. He, he, he put his microphone away, but it was still close to his mouth, and he goes, you motherfucker, and then the audio just went out to the entire stadium and we're just like, Whoa, but yeah, they're, uh, they are definitely uh drunk as hell and they're having a damn good time and good for them. Um, but yeah, the, the whole thing about rush all for the kids, uh, all for the kids. Yes. Um, the, uh, when, when I went and sat down, it's just like, uh, first of all, I didn't have a mask on me cause I'm vaccinated. My brother's vaccinated. 
Um, I think maybe one person had a mask and they took it off once they were seated. It was weird. It was it was kind of a weird feeling. I, I mean, I was even in Costco that morning and I would say about half the people did not have masks. More importantly, not only did a lot of people not have masks, there was an entire pallet of Lysol spray, toilet paper, Clorox wipes, and no one gave a shit about it. No one and gave a that's damn. That's proof we're getting back to normal. Yes, that is <laughs> that is when you know normalcy is back. So, but yeah, Which, I mean, thank God, it's about time. I know, I I, I agree. I, I mean, especially with things getting better. Listen, I I just don't understand how this got political. I I mean, people followed who whatever politician they supported, and it, it turned into that kind of bullcrap. And to me, it's just like, why? Um, I can't. I, I, I can't um, I can't really fathom that, but anybody's guess, man. Yeah. Uh, got a couple of, com- of us, it's why we drink. A couple of comments. Uh, Steve is asking, you think Chad Henney will still be the backup to Patrick Mahomes until yeah. further notice? Yeah, I think so. I don't. Uh, I was thinking about that today about how he has uh, Chad Henney has more uh, career postseason passing yards than Derek Carr. I, I yeah. tweet. I tweet that every once in a while, and that just triggers Raiders fans. Oh, what? Derek Carr lives in uh, Chiefs' heads rent-free. Yeah, no, no he, he, he does not. Not in the slightest. He's fun to joke about. And don't get me wrong, I've actually heard you know, tales that he's actually a pretty nice guy. But Who, who is? Poor guy. Derek Carr. I've oh, yeah, he's yeah, actually yeah, like yeah, a yeah. generally decent human. He is. Uh, but he's also a Raider, so there's always going to be some kind of character flaw there. Just that. uh Steve is also saying, uh, disappointed with the Chiefs cutting Damian Williams, should have kept him. Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of surprised Salary by that. Cap, bro. I, Salary cap. Uh, yeah, Salary I mean, cap. that's part of it. I think same way that Ryder's gone. We've got Austin Blythe instead. You know, we tried to lowball Ryder, and that's that. See, here's my thing is um, in the NFL today, I think you do need a solid backup. Uh, I mean, there's no yeah. such thing as a down for down running back anymore. Kareem Hunt was. Maybe one of them, and I mean, he was a chief. We, we know how that ended, uh, unfortunately. But you don't see a lot yeah. of down for he down running backs out. anymore. Yeah, he literally kicked himself out. Uh, and I'm sure that'll be another nice week Sorry. one storyline. That's still in poor taste. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, I was posting. I posted a photo that went viral on my Facebook page um, of Jamal Charles and Patrick when Jamal Charles signed his one day contract. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, you know, imagine if Jamal Charles played with Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill at the same time. And people Would were like, been unstoppable. Oh, no, for sure. A lot of people were like, well, we had Kareem like with Hunt. With Andy Reid, too? Like, my God. Like, well, people are complaining, saying, well, we should have still kept Kareem Hunt. I'm like, look, Kareem Hunt was great. Don't get me wrong. He was like, I think second or third in terms of uh, total yards from scrimmage the season before he, he got released. Rushing his rookie year, if memory serves. Yeah, rookie Might year not, led the but... league in rushing. But here's my thing. We've made it to three AFC championships and two Super Bowls without Kareem. And I know some people are saying, well, we would have maybe won the AFC championship, uh, the one against the Patriots, if we kept Kareem. I'm like, Damian Williams balled out in that game. Like, a running game was not the problem. Um, it was being shut out in the first half and one unfortunate error at the worst time in the second half. So, and a couple other things played a factor. That, that conveniently helped us, you know, make the smart decision to not pay the wrong pass rusher. 
that, that oh, is not pay that wrong pass rusher. You know what's crazy? <laughs> if 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 one other thing, one of those errors uh, did not happen. So either the the D Ford offsides or the first half. Uh, you know, if you f- score somehow, or if Kelsey, he had like a couple of drops. And then there was also Tyree Kill had a punt return that went for negative yards and it went even further back because of a penalty. And the Chiefs had a three and out and that gave the Patriots great field position. So they got an easy field goal. If one of those things did not happen, the Chiefs go to a Super Bowl and maybe they win. Bob Sutton would still be here. Have you ever thought of that scenario? Like, that sounds pretty crazy. Like Bob Sutton could have still, even though he had the 31st ranked defense, the second worst. Yeah, defense we almost in the dragged NFL, it to a Super Bowl. Like that's the insane part. Like, and I, I people keep saying, you know, there, there are some doubters who say Mahomes is a system quarterback and he he's a product of the system. He's getting help from Kelsey and Hill. Two things on that. Number one, Kelsey and Hill are great. But they had even better stats when Mahomes uh, replaced Alex Smith. So I mean, just just go look at the stats. It's not a it's not a lie. It's not a myth. Um, Numbers don't and, lie in this case. And, and and when I say this, people feel like it's disrespect. Disrespect, excuse me, to Alex Smith. It's not. The reality is, um, the Chiefs just offensively did way better with Mahomes. Here's the second thing. Um, we've gone to a Super Bowl. So in the three years Mahomes has been the starting quarterback, we've gone to the AFC Championship every time, and we've gone to the Super Bowl the last two years. The one time we didn't go to a Super Bowl was with a 31st-ranked defense. Uh, like, I, here's the thing. And Mahomes has made a couple of errors here and there, but it's like – Yeah, like hitting that receiver in the face. Yes. I mean, he's had a couple of overthrown passes, some horrible throws that have gone for interception. Not some, I should say very few, but overall. You can count the bad throws he's had that have been like mistakes that have like, let's get crazy, mistakes that we've paid for. I think you can count those on one, maybe two hands. Uh, Yeah, he's had maybe two bad games. I would say two. One was that Miami Dolphins game where and, he did and bad is a very relative term. Like bad for him is good for most quarterbacks. No, I'm talking like horrible, like, like really shit games, the Miami Dolphins game from this past year. And then um, I, I, I wouldn't say he had a shit game in the Rams. Cause he had six touchdowns, but he also had five turnovers. Like those are the two bad games he's had. I mean, look at the Super Bowl this year. The Chiefs could have scored a touchdown. I don't touchdown. know that I'd go so far as to suggest the the one with the Rams was really a bad game. Like, I, I get it. Five turnovers, though? I, I, I don't think it's a bad – I mean, he, he, six touchdowns. Yeah, I know, but but still, like, I hear five you one hundred percent. Like I'm if, totally with you. But okay, here's the thing: if the Chiefs win that game, it doesn't look as bad. I will I will say that. Let me just here's my point though: the Super Bowl where there was no protection and people were just dropping passes. Mahomes was still hitting guys in the end zone, and he was still escaping pass rushers despite the poor blocking. It's like what what else does he need to do on this team? In, or, in terms of improvement, I don't know if there's really room for improvement with him, which is, which um, sounds crazy I mean, this year, the one thing I'd like to see from him that's just, I mean, again, this is not a you know, criticism by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, this year, I hope he doesn't have to run for his freaking life. I hope that no. he you know, gets to step up in the pocket and just take care of business. Uh, the interior of that offensive line is looking pretty salty. Uh, and so I, I'm here for him not having to run for his life. That'd be kind of a nice new trick. 
there's a discussion going on um, in the comments section about Tyron Matthew. Uh, people wondering if they're going to if the Chiefs are going to extend Tyron, and then something about a deleted tweet. I look, I know Tyron's uh, he's my favorite player on the team, and I love his passion, his energy. I wish he wouldn't. Um, what's the word I'm like he he addresses way too many haters on on social media like people don't or like I don't some people are not even tagging Tyron Matthew but he is still taking the time to look for these tweets and he actually goes after these people it's like I, I don't know how much time you got he does it as himself instead of pulling a Kevin Durant burner style well that is true that see see I think that's even worse actually I mean at least with a burner if you can't hide it cool but man it, it's like I don't know. I mean, like, I'll, I'm the kind of type who's like, I'll stand behind the words I say. <laughs> you know, you got to think it through a little bit first. But like, look, I, I know there are people who bitch about me blocking them, and they talk <laughs> a lot of shit and, and all these things. I, I'm, I'm not going to pretend I'm, I'm, I'm oblivious. Now, by all means, I, I don't have the same audience or the same followership as Tyron Matthew. But if I, here's my point: if I spent all this time worrying about what people had to say about me, like if I went and searched for all these uh, tweets, I'd, I'd seriously not be accomplishing anything. I, I mean, I'm not saying Tyron Matthews not accomplished, but it's like, man, I, I'm sure you can find hey, whether he's, it's he's done quite a bit. Well, yeah, for <laughs> sure. But whether it's football related or not, you can do way more productive things than go look for what you know some idiot is saying about you on Twitter. Uh, l- listen, fans are allowed to have their opinions; they can criticize. But I, I just feel like I, I just wish you would address those haters a little less. You know what I mean? I totally understand where you're coming from, without a doubt. But at the same time, I mean, you know, if it is, starts affecting his play on the field, then I'll start caring. In all honesty, like, yeah, you know, uh, I, I think I, as I far guess as I'm concerned, could... you do you, man. Like, yeah, I'm not sure uh, exactly what people are referring to in terms of what the deleted tweet was, so I can't speculate too much on that. I know he's deleted some in the past, but um, that's just how. Who among us hasn't had to delete a tweet every now and again? Yeah, that is true. Not many of us probably should have, but didn't. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, and this is off topic, but uh, I was listening to um, NFL's uh, uh, the NFL channel on Sirius XM, and they're talking about how uh, all the all the stadiums are expected to be at full capacity for the uh, for the NFL season. And Adam Kaplan mentioned, uh, I don't know if he was speculating or if this was actually something that is in the works, but. I guess um, you're going to have to show proof of vaccination if you are going to attend an NFL game. I uh, Listen, I, I'm still kind of in vacation. Like I find that hard mode. to believe. Uh, here's because I know a lot of grocery stores. Are I, I saying, don't know for sure, but like. They're, they're saying, you know, at grocery stores, um, you know, if you're fully vaccinated, you can walk around without a mess, but they don't ask you and they're not going to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just say, hey, I'm fully vaxxed. They're just going to say, okay, they don't get paid enough for that. Now, I can understand like a sporting event yeah. or a concert. You're going to be, you know, sitting shoulder to shoulder with possibly someone you don't know, someone in front of you, someone behind you. Um, are they going to enforce that? I don't know. Uh, and, I, and to be clear, Adam Kaplan mentioned they haven't really discussed you just have to think of the logistics how they're going to do that. Like the logistics of that and like the ramifications of it. Like if you had even a fraction of the people who were, you know, on the fence, say about going to a game, but they were like, mm, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I don't know if I want to you know, show that I've been fully vaxxed. You know, I don't like that. Um, 
you know, the, impl- the implications of that, I think ultimately are the reason where the NFL will be like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to suggest that you let us know if you're maxed, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We're not going to check because we want you in the seats. That seems more likely to me. Oh, um, Brent, uh, commented he apparently tyron matthew deleted a tweet he says i don't see getting a contract he, he i guess and i'm paraphrasing and i'm sure brent is paraphrasing as well uh i guess tyron matthew did not foresee a potential contract extension and he tweeted that and deleted that i guess um first of all if he's not getting a contract extension i think that is a horrible move on the team team's part I don't know if that has – I'm not going to pretend like I'm, I'm a, an expert with the salary cap because I'm honestly not. I, I don't know all the machinations uh, behind all of that, but I know it's going to be pretty hard to pay some guys. Um, Brett Veach has made it work, but at some point it is going to be to the point where it's you can't pay everybody. Now, I don't know if Tyron Matthews is willing to take a pay cut to stay here. That would be cool, but, he, you know, look – I don't blame him if he doesn't. These guys do have to look for look out for themselves. Uh, I think it'd be a really big mistake if they uh, if they let Tyron walk next year. I hope that I hope that's not the case. I don't think we're dumb enough to screw that up. Yeah, plain and simple. Um, I think that it might be a you know positioning sort of a game where yeah you definitely want to pay as the team emphasis here as the team. You only want to pay people the max that you have to. Yeah, you don't want to pay them a penny more. And so, you know, for a player like Tyron Matthew, where he's obviously still playing at a high level, I think they're willing to take the bet as he's continuing to get older and father time is still undefeated. Brady will lose to him eventually. Um, (laughs) But, you know, with father time being undefeated, I think that the ball is kind of like the the more that you kind of let it slide as the team, you know, then maybe the less you end up having to pay down the line like if you extend him now you run the risk of overpaying whereas you know you play another year you know you also run the risk of overpaying if he goes out and absolutely crushes this year but i mean who knows i think that you know, they're smart enough to get the deal done whenever they have the right leverage is my personal opinion but we'll see what happens i mean yeah, i think that i hope so no excuse though for not paying him because the worst case scenario like think of the major additions we've made to this defense right being Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew, and then also Chris Jones, who's one of the bigger contracts, but is he necessarily a free agent addition? Obviously, he wasn't. Um, but as you think mean. of like you know long term, you know who do you pay? Like we're pretty much free and clear on Clark after this year, and so I refuse to believe that they would choose to you know, continue paying Frank Clark over Tyron Matthew. I just don't believe in that. It's false. Like there's no way um, that Orvich is an idiot, which I'm pretty confident at this point in saying that he is not that. Uh, look, I know people so, have doubted we'll Veach o- over time, but at this point, if you still are, I mean, you are, you're, you're obviously not paying attention. Here's my thing with Tyron Matthew. Uh, when when we had Eric Berry, I remember a lot of people, when, when Eric Berry was dealing with the injuries, people said, okay, we got to move on. And we can easily uh, replace him in the draft. It's like, I don't know, man, really good safety. And I'm talking really, really good safeties are hard to come by. Eric Berry and Earl Thomas, um, you know, four years ago might have been considered the two best safeties, and they just happened to be in the same draft class. When the Chiefs moved on from One of them got cancer and the other one got, uh, you know, CTE. So there we are. Well, Eric Berry came back from that and, 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 
Right. Obviously. Did well. But here's my thing. Uh, with Eric Berry, when, when he was replaced, you replaced him with the best possible option out there. Because my biggest concern is how are the Chiefs going to have that star-studded safety? Well, they, they have him. And I think Eric Berry and Tyron Matthew are pretty similar players. They don't have the flashiest statistics but if you I mean, didn't Matthew the, leads all safeties and in interceptions last year? I feel like he did. He, he did. I'll check. All safeties? That I, I think he did. I'll double check. He, he has like the most uh, interceptions in like a long span. I saw this from Pro Football Focus recently. Um, I don't know. I, 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 could, I might be off on the whole interceptions thing, but uh, – if you if you watch both Eric Berry and Tyron Matthew, like the eye test essentially is what I'm getting at, they're pretty good at at covering receivers. Yeah, they get beat every defensive back does, even the best. By the way, you might be right. He did have six interceptions last year. That's the most he's ever had. But um, I don't know. For some reason, I thought that wasn't as high. But uh, I, I don't know if that's high among uh, the league uh, leaders in uh, among safeties. Um, I'll let you look that up if you can. But Here's my point uh, with with, uh, with Matthew is yep. he's – Let all safeties. Oh, the okay. only two well, players with more were J.C. Jackson from New England and then Xavier Howard, obviously, who had 10 of them. So. Oh, uh, for, some, for some reason, I yeah. didn't think he was that high, but you learn something nah, new every day. The, uh, yeah, top strong safety. Um, you know, Justin Simmons is one behind him at five at free safety, but yeah. Yeah, see, Most there's, I mean, there's safety. a pretty, pretty big gap between, and he did it in one and, fewer game than the other safety. I mean, there's a pretty good big gap between second and third, but still, yeah, he, he's up. But here's my point: like, I, in my opinion, I think Matthew and Barry are very similar safeties. Um, I think Matthew is a little bit better, and maybe that's just easier to say because he has a Super Bowl ring. Whereas Eric Barry, I don't even know if Eric Barry has more than one playoff win. I think that Texans game is the only one that he's been a part of. So look, the chiefs found a way to replace Eric Berry with the best possible options. So it's, I think you need a good, a really good defensive back. I think Legereus need is going to be the perfect replacement for Marcus Peters in terms of like a quarterback who gets a lot of picks. Um, you need that in your secondary for a long time. So especially when you know your offense is going to be set for a long time, as long as you have Patrick Mahomes. So I don't know, man. Uh, I hope we don't lose Matthew, man. He's my favorite player on the team. And uh, just the uh, passion and energy he brings, um, it, it, it's really special. You can't really find a lot of players like that. I'll say the Honey Badgers you know, earned his name for a reason. And when you look at him, like, you know, size-wise especially, one of these things is not like the others in our defensive backfield. And really, if you look at safeties across the NFL, like it at the eye test specifically on the safeties or like the size side of things, like Matthew doesn't look the part, but he's so stinking good. He plays so much bigger than he is. He's like the defensive version of Tyree Kill, which is to say, like, you know, he's a little guy who is completely rocked up and plays way bigger than he is. I, I agree 100%. We're lucky to have both of those on the same team. Yeah, uh, 100% I agree with. Um, he's just he, – I mean, he does a lot of things. And, again, some of those things don't show up on the stat sheet unless you pay a lot of money for pro football focus. But And even guy, that, like, you know, can you really quantify the intensity that he brings as a leader in the locker room? Like, you know, It's hard to, to be, do. You know, heart and soul of that defense for sure. 
And like, yeah, you, know, you can't you can't put a number on that. <laughs> I'm excited for the season. Uh, I really am. They've got five primetime games, which is pretty much normal for a top tier team. Can we talk about for a second how many Browns fans seem to actually have deluded themselves into thinking they're going to beat us in week one? Don't get me wrong. Oh. I'm here for the Browns doing well, except against the Chiefs. Like, yeah. yeah, Cleveland is such a long-suffering fan base. Like, yeah, they deserve to have nice things. Like, yeah, as, nothing as, but, you know, as a Kansas City sports there, fan, but at the same time, like, they need to take a chill pill too. <laughs> as a Kansas City sports fan, I can actually appreciate teams like, um, like, uh, like the like the Browns and the surge they had. Um, Teams like the Cardinals and Dolphins, they did better than most people thought last year. Like I, you can the really Bills, appreciate man. That. Like yeah, you know, yeah, the Bills. So the teams that like you know, I mean, I think honestly the Bills have so, so many similarities to us as franchises, which is to say like they've had runs of being really really good, uh, and then just you know for one reason or another weren't able to get over the hump and win that Super Bowl. Um, obviously, up until Mahomes hit, you know, we were in that same boat with them, and so. Yeah, do I like seeing the Bills and the Browns both win? Yeah, because like they're both also super intense fan bases. That's the other main similarity there. Yeah. Um, do I like seeing them win every week when they're not playing the Chiefs? I absolutely do. <laughs> but when they're playing the Chiefs, they can kick grass. <laughs> I uh, that's I was, yeah, that's the thing. I I was I was by the way I was thrilled when the Chiefs uh went back or are going back to visit the Raiders for prime time. Um, cause primetime in Vegas, if the chiefs are there, I cool. Yeah. And you know me, you, you know how much I love the city. Um, I was looking up tickets online. Holy shit. And maybe this just went over my head, but I kind of forgot about the whole like Vegas aspect. Um, for, for this because you overweighted the Raiders aspect and underweighted the Vegas aspect. That is, is that what exactly what I did. Yeah. Yeah. That tracks. Um, <laughs> How the bad Raider, is well, here's the thing. Like, okay, look, I hate the Raiders and I despise their fans. And I mentioned before, like, their fans came after me because uh, accusing me of spreading fake news because I said there's a rumor that Khalil Mack was going to get traded for two first round picks. We all saw that one. Funny how that works. Yeah, I know. Um, I and I, I was like so scared for a moment. I, I deleted the post and I regret it so fucking much. I, if I did not delete that, I was gonna reply to every single Raiders fan. I don't ever reply to everybody because that's just I have that's too much time. time. But that that would have been worth it anyway. Um, where was I? We were talking about the Raiders. Um, Raiders Vegas prices is being super yeah. shocked. Yeah. Um, well, see, I, I'm listening on uh, Sirius XM and they're talking about how. If people uh, are not season ticket holders and they only plan to go to see their team once a year, maybe if if their team is going to visit the Raiders, they would rather go visit their team in Vegas rather than watch from home, which is, well, yeah. is understandable because, you know, you go, let's say you fly in on a Thursday, you obviously go enjoy the city and then you end your mm-hmm. uh, weekend trip uh, Sunday night watching uh, the game in person and you leave Monday morning. Um I guess I guess a lot of people. I, I I was planning that for a while. A lot of people think that's a great freaking idea, myself included. <laughs> Here's my thing. I, I was looking at the cheapest prices. It was like five hundred and eighty bucks. I mean, let's just say six hundred. So my family and per? I were talking about that. Yeah, per ticket, God cheapest damn. ticket. Um, listen, so like we're talking like you know, nosebleed upper deck shit. Yes, I my don't know goodness. if. 
see, I don't know how I want to play this. If if I'm going to wait token, it out, is this not also the first season? Correct me if I'm wrong here. I think it is like the first season where this. I mean, this is everyone's first crack to go see insert yeah. team here play in Vegas. That is true. So because last year they didn't that'll have fans. level out down the line. Fingers crossed on that. Because well, yeah, I'm not going to pay six hundred bucks for a nosebleed seat. No matter how cool I think that stadium looks, as much as it pains me to say, the funny think, part about that, you know, the cool stuff about that stadium, like both the design of the stadium itself and that really cool, you know, Eternal Flame thing that they did. That is awesome. The fun fact about that, both of those things designed right here in Casey. Oh, well, there you go. Dimensional Innovations a- is the company responsible for the flame. That's, you know, just if you take 35 up towards, uh, you know, towards downtown, essentially. Like as you're making the turn, um, you know where 35 goes one way and 635 goes the other. Uh, oh, it's okay. Right there. <laughs> and uh, then the other being, I'm pretty sure, Populous, which is Populous. Pretty yeah. much any time stadiums get designed, uh, it's one of two firms uh, like that do the really big stuff, and both are here in KC. So fun. Well, well plus there's a Chiefs flag buried underneath that stadium, uh, courtesy of our good friend Gerard DaCosta. Um, That's right. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, here's my thing. I don't know how I want to do this. If I want to wait it out and see if the Raiders will suck, which is likely, and maybe ticket it's prices go down. But if that happens, a lot of Chiefs fans are definitely going to jump on that. Here's my thing. And again, I mentioned. I just you know, think that their home field advantage will never exist again. I was just going to say that. Like, look, obviously, I hate the Raiders. You do too. Mm-hmm. But I also care about all 32 fan bases or all 32 franchises having. A solid fan base. And listen, it's natural. If a team sucks, you're not going to see a packed stadium. When the Chiefs were terrible uh, during the Scott Pioli era, there were a lot of empty seats. A lot of empty seats. So that's completely normal. But in a I'd place argue, like though, that in this Vegas, division anymore, the AFC West, that is, you've got two reliable home field advantages and two that may never have a home field advantage ever again. I mean, the, the the I know you're referring to Los Angeles, and they've got a really nice stadium too. That's worth checking out one day. Super cool stadium. But but no one cares enough to fill it. the The Raiders are not going they to ever fill have a soccer stadium. The Raiders are not going to have that special, you know, black hole, insane, you know, 60, right. 70, however many thousand fans pick, packing the stadium. It's going to be half Raiders, and it's going to be half, you know, Chiefs, Packers. Uh, Broncos, really like good on you. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think that you'll see a 60, 60% visiting fans in both stadiums. We'll see if I'm right. Here, here, here's the only way that will change if the Raiders, so the Vegas Golden Knights, which I'm a big fan of, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, with the hat on, they came out of nowhere in their inaugural I'm pretend season. Like I knew that that's what that hat was before you said, it. oh, well, that's okay. Uh, in their inaugural season, they just completely dominated and they pretty yeah. much captured the entire city. Uh, I mean, everyone was a Vegas Golden Knights fan just a couple months into the season here's from the that town. Well, I was just going to say, but, but, look, but the, only the, way, the only way the they, Raiders they, they are won. going to have that kind of uh, fan base is if they dominate from, from the start all the way through, which is not going to happen. I was going to say, like, I mean... Uh, odds on that happening are super slim in my book. Um, Very super slim. Yeah, mostly because, like, you know, I mean, think about what they did, you know, this offseason. Yeah. Torched their offensive line just for fun. Uh, they did bring in Yannick Ngakwe, which is pretty cool. 
Uh, it's a pretty good pass rusher. Give him that. But, you know, as I look across the board there and think of like, hmm, what scares me here? Maybe Josh Jacobs a little bit? Maybe? Darren Wait. Waller. Oh, duh. Yeah, fair. Yeah. All right. Thank you. I knew I was missing something. I was like, where am I? But I think of like, you know, the receiving core that they've got, nothing. I mean, no. Like, not, nothing that jumps out at me. I mean, Ruggs is fast. I'll give him that. But I think he's more John Ross than Tyreek Hill. And that's not a very nice thing to say, but I kind of stand behind it. <laughs> like, that's, I think he's more just pure speed. He's not, yeah, Hill's more than that. Uh, and then, like, yeah, do I think that Derek Carr could, you know, I mean, we've seen what he does. Um, you know, where when he had a lot of weapons at his disposal before he broke his leg there, like he was looking really, really good. Like, MVP he, in my opinion, he was the MVP that year. If he doesn't break yeah. his leg, he wins the MVP. And not only that, the Chiefs probably don't win the AFC West that year. I thought he was the best player yeah. that season. Yeah, he was playing out of his mind. Um, and then, of course, you didn't turn out so great, which, you know, you almost feel bad for. I mean, you feel bad for him for sure. You almost feel bad for the fans, but I don't know. It's perfect. Um, <laughs> Well, the but, Raiders are yeah. going to have like a – did you see they're going to have like a nightclub behind one of the end zones? And there was this running joke like, oh, Derek Carr is going to overthrow I'm a pass. i here and for that idea. I think that's so stupid. If, if I want to go to a nightclub, <laughs> I will go to a nightclub. If I'm going to a – like I know the Miami Dolphins oh, no. or the Jaguars. Let me be clear. I think that that's a hilarious concept. Like, oh, oh, okay. Would you find me saying. in there? No, probably not. But like – yeah, I mean, I'm all for, yeah, I mean, the, the Dolphins ought to have, like, a freaking cigar bar or something. Like, it's just something unique to yeah. that, you know, that area, that culture. Like, you know, same way that, like, you know, there ought to be a live barbecue pit somewhere in Arrowhead. Like, why not? Well, um, the way Arrowhead's designed, that, yeah, it's, it's too hard to do anything. See, Kauffman Stadium. Oh, well, you know has, what I mean. But Yeah, like, I know yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, I'm all Kauffman, for the geographically unique stuff. You know, Kauffman Stadium. The, the can't do it everywhere else. The thing I like about Kauffman Stadium um, and look, Arrowhead's obviously special. I mean, they they don't have any of these like restaurants or anything where you know Kaufman has. Um, but we have the best tailgating experience anyway. Yeah, so yeah, I know. It, but as far tracks. as in game in the stadium, Kaufman has the Craft and Draft uh, pizza place, which which yeah. is pretty good. I like it. And then there is Rival Sports Bar um, mm-hmm. on the opposite side. Um, I know NFL stadiums; some of them have that kind of thing, but in um, it, at Arrowhead. It's just all seats. You you know you stand in the middle of the field and you do a three sixty. Just turn around. It's all seats. There's no yeah. You know uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, amenities. Yeah, amenities like popular attractions in, in that stadium. Attractions is the right word. Sorry. That's, no, I, I, I think right either one is. It. I think either one is fine. But um, yeah, I don't know the the, the nightclub thing. It's just. I, I'm sure it's, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a, yeah. a very pricey. But even then, it's like man. If I want to go to a nightclub, I'll go to a fucking nightclub. I'm not going to go to a nightclub in Vegas. Like, that's just dumb. Uh, anyway. Well, what in, I was... in the stadium anyway. Like, nightclubs in Vegas is kind of part of the point of Vegas. But, um, yeah. Someone Come commented. Uh, Brent said, I won't pay uh, Vegas prices. They find a way to add a uh, very little search. Yeah. I, look, if the I've been saying for years that I will absolutely attend the first Chiefs game at Vegas. But after seeing those prices, it's like, getting to you. yeah, uh, listen, I'm one of those people. No shame I, in it. I enjoy the home viewing experience way more than in person. Um, and I, I am not paying 
that much money for a ticket. I, it's just not worth my time. Hey, here's the thing. Like, maybe if they win, it's a little worth well, it. Well, that's think the about ticket. It. Like, you'll build that into the weekend. That's the kick. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I don't think it's it's that worth it to me. Uh, by the way, um, Steve is asking if the Chiefs are ever going to build a, a new Arrowhead Stadium dome style. Maybe it's not going to be anytime soon. I know their uh, deal is up sometime in 2030. Uh, here's the thing. This, this topic comes up every couple of years. Um, people are talking about if um, the Chiefs and the Royals are ever going to move downtown because a lot of these stadiums are, are, are doing that. First of all, you got to understand something. I love the something. downtown baseball thing. Like I, I, hear that, I, I hear those who would say, yeah, let's do it. It's a great idea. But at the same time, like the one of the things that makes the Arrowhead experience in particular unique is the tailgating atmosphere. And sorry, to have tailgating atmosphere that way, one needs to have a giant freaking parking lot, which yes. spoiler alert would not transplant downtown. Just not gonna happen. Well, hold on. That's the thing. People keep talking about this, and people are saying, Oh, yeah, move downtown. Sounds like a cool idea. Let's do it. But people are not thinking logistically. You like scratch the know. surface and understand the logistics of it. There's no yeah. way. Yeah, people are not no thinking way. logistically. Because I, 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 I look, I, I've pulled up. I've done this back when we did the Chief Zone. I <laughs> pulled up Google Maps or Google Earth, and I encouraged anyone listening to also do it at the same time. And I talked about, you know, look at downtown right now. Like, where in the hell are you going to put Arrowhead and Kauffman Stadium or the Chiefs and Royals? I guess they won't have the same name. I don't know. Um the, the, the nice I mean, part it's now about Gaha Field at Arrowhead Stadium or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, G-E-H-A or whatever. You never can, you'll was, never hear me calling it the other. Like, I was, they'll say I, it on the broadcasts, and that's fine. It's the same way, you know, it's Arrowhead and it's Mile High. It's not Sports Authority or whatever the hell they call it now, Field at Mile High. It's just Mile High. Like, I was listening to um, Joe Valerio's podcast, and he said, look, Everyone's going to call it Arrowhead. No one's going to call it Arrowhead Stadium at GEHA Field or anything like that. No. And he's right. Hey, hey, Zach, I got, you know, two tickets uh, to go see the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium at GEHA Field. You, you want to come with me? Like, no, no one's going to say that. Uh, <laughs> be like, well, I mean, I'd be like, yes, absolutely. I'd like to go now. Call it what it is. It's Arrowhead, damn it. <laughs> um, where were we? Uh, I think we were talking shit Downtown on the Raiders. stadiums. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everyone's talking We've about this. We covered our Raiders shit talking. We got that pretty much out. Um, look, I think a dome would be There'll nice. Be I I know the whole rolling roof. People voted against that. I feel like if they if they revoted today, I think people would vote yes on that. Um, yeah, because we've been to Super Bowls now, and we'd yeah, like to, now we'd like yes. to have a home field advantage in one. Because at the time, the Chiefs, like, they were special. They've always been special here in Kansas City. But now outside of Kansas sure. City, the Chiefs are a huge deal. So I think that would really change things. But I don't know, man. If ever there was a time to capitalize on it, the Mahomes era would be it. Yeah, but I, I, agree. I don't know if they'll do it. I mean, um, look, here's the thing, though. Like, you know, it's easy for us to say this sitting in Johnson County. Yeah, it's not my tax dollars. Exactly. To fund that. So that's the thing. Like, hard to say. Well, well, there's a reason why Jackson County taxpayers are the ones voting for it. I mean, it, it, like if you yeah. let if you let Johnson County uh, vote on that, I mean, they're all going to be like, yeah, let's do it. I'm not paying shit. Yeah. Like, I'm spending someone else's money on this. That's a great idea. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, that, those are the two things people forget. Like logistically, like where the hell are you going to put the stadiums? And 
it's not like this is going to come for free. Like, you think Clark Hunt is really like, going to be like, yeah, I'll pay for this? No, hell no. Um, I mean, like, yeah, it'll find ways to extract leverage out of it the way that every you know billionaire owner always does. I mean, heck, even Mark Davis, who isn't a billionaire, um, you know, most of his net worth is tied up in the Raiders. Um, he's one of you who didn't make his money in something else and then buy into the NFL fraternity. Um, but basically, like, yeah, they all play by that same playbook because it freaking works. You know, the team, the cities that don't have teams want teams and are willing to pay up to get it. And can I really fault them for it? I mean, yes, but only a little bit. You know, it's one of those things that, yeah. You know, do I think that the Raiders belong in Oakland? Yeah, I actually do. Yeah. Do I, is it, does it throw me off to call them the Las Vegas Raiders? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it Uh, does. Do I think that it's silly that they threw two teams into LA where they, I mean, LA is just not a football city. It's just not. Um, There's a reason that teams have come and gone from LA and it's for that reason alone. Like, do I think that LA needs a team? Yes. Do I think it needs two teams? Kind of don't. You know, I don't know. That's my personal, you know, soapbox on this. Like, I, I, I hate it. Listen, I think it'd be really cool, realistically, if there was a way to make it happen. Every big market in this country has a pro sports team, but th- that's just not realistic. Um, I do hate it when there are two teams, like like the Lakers and the Clippers, the, the White Sox and the Cubs, the Giants and Jets. Like, you don't need two pro sports teams. Like, l- let's... You can manage help. it in LA and New York. In, in Chicago, I'll hear... I'll hear arguments on it. I mean, I think we all know which team runs Chicago from the baseball standpoint. No, oh, yeah, uh, and it ain't the White Sox. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, believe it or not, the one that's won World Series, you know, or I guess up until recently, obviously the Cubs finally got their stuff. Yeah, but like it's just funny. Like you know, the Cubs have always been that city's team, for better or worse. Uh-huh. And I'm sure there are a bunch of angry White Sox fans out there. You know, DJ's ear will be burning right now. But oh, whatever, yeah. he's not here. <laughs> Um, and you know, ultimately I think that there's only a handful of cities that you know, really can make a good case for having multiple sports teams like that. But the other thing is, is that, you know, how many, I mean, I think really just LA, as I'm thinking about it has two teams in every major sports league. Like, I mean, I guess if you count the nets towards New York, then New York does too. Yeah, no, but, I, I consider that, you know, part. And I guess I, think, I would count it. Like, Brooklyn is New York. It is. It's just, but it's also, it's weird. It's not like, you know, the Clippers and Lakers where they're sharing the same facility. Like, I can't stress enough that, you know, Brooklyn is its own little subset of New York. It's not exactly the same, but it's like, it's definitely a part of it. I'm not trying to claim that it's not. Same way, like, you know, they've got the Islanders and the Rangers, but the Islanders, you know, are called such because they're on Long Island. Definitely part of it, but it's far enough away that it's almost different, if that makes any sense. It's a weird little mix. San Antonio, the, the only the only team they have is the Spurs, and then Utah. I mean, I mean that, that entire state, they only have one. They have the Jazz, which that's what I think when I think Utah. I think, yeah, that's where Jazz comes from, but I think it's finally uh, a less apt you know, sports team name for its city. You yeah. <laughs> um, going from pro sports to high school sports, did you hear about that uh, Olathe North baseball coach? I did hear about that. Yeah, so it's a damn shame. Here's the thing: like, I was on vacation. Know, you gotta not do those sorts of things. Like, come on. I, I want to get into that in a moment. Um, 
uh, I was on vacation, so I read I, I read the details because obviously this is a big story. And uh, normally, I, I I just read headlines when I'm on vacation. I'm not one of those people. Like if I'm on vacation, I, I'm not gonna just completely you know stay away from the world. Like I still need to know what's going on in the world. Um, I don't know. I, I just think it's but you try to stay away from it as best you can, right? Yeah, well, today with politics, yeah, that that for sure. Um, but I, I I was trying to read uh, up on this story, and I I wasn't really seeing this anywhere else, like nationally. And I was listening to Jason Brown's podcast when Thank I came goodness. back, and he mentioned nobody in the national media is talking about this, which I think is insane. Um, there are a lot of really silly topics out there in the national media. This should be discussed, especially with what's going on with um, Black Lives Matter and all these uh, discussions about racism. Now, to be clear, I, I think some people aren't aware of this. He didn't use that, but I'm not uh, justifying it, to be clear. Um, he didn't call a player that word. He was using that word to describe a certain genre of music because I guess the kids were playing music that had a lot of bad language. And obviously at the high school level, you kind of have to be careful with that kind of thing. Cause they're still kids. Um, but that's still no excuse at all to use that word. Um, I am really shocked. Uh, it's not hitting uh, national news wires. Here's the other thing. Like, look, the coach is not an idiot. He's, he's fully aware of what's going on in the world today with, uh, all this talk about racism did it, it he had to have known the moment he said that word he had to have known oh shit i'm i'm in hot water i mean did he not he you had to have thought that because nowadays if you say anything on social media or even outside of social media there are either cameras or multiple witnesses who are going to speak up on this i mean how how do you not use your mind in that in that moment I mean, yeah, I, I, I have no logical you know, kind of explanation as to why one would do something like that. No, do you, do you remember that? Do you remember that KU? So this was like right after Trump got elected and a lot of people were upset. Do you remember that KU cheerleader? So what she did, she posted a Snapchat photo of three male cheerleaders and they had the, they were wearing those ugly uh, KU sweaters, Christmas sweaters with the letter K. I and have so, one. There were three of <laughs> there were three of them, and obviously you see oh, the letters K K K. And what she did, she took the picture. You didn't you didn't hear about this? No, no. Oh, I may have wow. just been. I may have had my head, you know, stuck in some hole somewhere. But <laughs> so she I took the clearly she, missed this one. She took the picture and she wrote K K K Go Trump. And here's the here, it actually gets worse. She went on her Twitter. And she goes, somebody took my phone and did that. Okay. Either you're lying or you're a big idiot. If you're honestly letting other people use your phone, like, like, I don't care who it is. The only, maybe I'll trust uh, my brother or maybe, or, or my parents, but outside of my family, I am not handing my phone to anybody, not even you. And, and I would not expect, I would not expect you to let me use your phone ever. Um, yeah, that's fair. And, and, By the same token, I think we both know that, like, yo, if I had your phone in my hand, I'm not trying to pull that sort of shit. Well, that is like, that 100%. That's, like, 
I think one needs to reevaluate one's friend choices. If that's it, truly the case. That is but true. I digress. A friend did not do that. She's trying to hide her bullshit. Here's I mean, my point. the world's worst friend. Like, Here's my point. Like, incidents like that have taken place. That's just one of many examples, by the way. I could have used several other examples. It's like at this point, you have to know that whatever you say or do on social media or even outside of social media, man, there's really no privacy unless you are locked at home with nobody else there. Whatever you say and do is going to hurt you. And in 2021, the fact that people will still say this in a public setting, thinking they're not going to suffer the consequences, you've got to be a big idiot to think that's not the case. I mean, yeah. I, I it's honestly like the only thing that I can think of there and like this by no means you know, absolves him of any of it. It simply like explains it. Uh, the only thing I could think of to make that logically make sense as to why someone would say something like that is like, if it's truly just that deep seated of a belief and they were like, you know, this is a baseball coach, right? You know, yeah. He's ostensibly in his most comfortable setting, which is to say on the baseball diamond. And you know, yeah, he, lets his guard down and lets that shine through, which again, like I said, does not absolve in any way, but does explain perhaps a little bit of like, you know, maybe that's just deep seated and that's just who the guy is. And he showed it. Uh, Yes. Obviously hope for the sake of generally humanity that that's not the case, but who knows? Steve has another question. Uh, Chiefs picking up uh, cornerback Mike Hughes from the Vikings. Is that a good trade? Let me just first off say, um, you know, ever since I stopped doing the podcast, I think people know this, and I did talk about this. Um, the last year I was doing the podcast, I just truly was not able to keep up with everything uh, in sports. I, I don't follow sports as closely as I used to, so I'm not going to pretend like I honestly knew who Mike Hughes was. Um, that's how that's how far off. Like I'm a huge UFC fan, and even then, some of the UFC fighters, like even on a pay per view portion, I don't recognize some of their names. Um, it's not because well, you here's know, where it comes out. Yeah, you know how DeAndre Baker was another one of those you know, first-round picks for another team that didn't work out? Mike Hughes is one of those. Uh, well, I was just going to say, I, I, I looked it up on uh, – I looked up his Wikipedia. I guess one of, like, the highlights of his career, of Mike Hughes' career, he um, forced a fumble on special teams against McCole Hardman. Yep. And so the Vikings, I guess, scored on that. So there's a fun fact for you. Here's what I think. Um, you mentioned DeAndre Baker is a former first-round pick. Uh, Mike Hughes is a former first round pick. A lot of time. Do you remember when we drafted uh, Turk McBride and Tank Tyler in 2007? I was a little kid, but yeah, I remember the name. See, I was really excited for that defensive line duo. But the problem is yeah. they didn't live up to like, expectations. Because like two better defensive line names than Turk and Tank. You yeah, can't. Turk and Tank. Especially if we're talking interior defensive linemen, man. Yeah, I want but, Turk and Tank in there. But here's man. the thing. They didn't do very well. Now, is that their fault? I think, honestly, that's more of a coaching thing. There are a lot of great players who get drafted, but the problem is they get drafted to a team with a bad coach or a really terrible system. So I don't know if Mike Hughes was part of a really bad coaching staff or just a really bad system. And and I'll include DeAndre Baker in this as well. Listen, Andy Reid has this really special talent. Look at Jamal Charles. His stats before Andy Reid and with Andy Reid. There is a difference. And just when you thought Jamal Charles was great, Andy Reid makes him better. Alex Smith, 
he had some highlights right before uh, coming to Kansas City. Uh, his last year with the 49ers had a really yeah, good until season. Until he got concussed, he had he took him to the Super Bowl, and then he got concussed, and you know, then Kaepernick you know, stepped in and was more exciting. Yeah. Well, well, but, Alex Smith, Alex Smith never took him to a Super Bowl. He took him to an NFC. He should have gone to a Super Bowl, but so Kyle, Kyle Williams. Well, or he whoever, was leading that team, is I guess what I'm saying. It's like he was leading the team that Kaepernick took to the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah, I get what you're like, saying. He was he was crushing that. Like he did a lot of the lift to get them to the, those playoffs. But he did not at, obviously get them through said playoffs because of concussions. But look at Alex Smith. Um, he was a better player, statistically speaking, under Andy Reid. Dexter McCluster, um, he was a better player under Andy Reid. Um, mm-hmm. Brandon Flowers was a better – even Tyson Jackson, man, like he was never really great in Kansas City. But if you watch him – I don't think uh, he was really great anywhere. He was just overdrafted. I think he was definitely be- – well, that is true. He was definitely a better football player under Andy Reid. So here's my thing sure. with Andy Reid. He always has a great coaching staff around him. So with Steve Spagnuolo and Andy Reid in Kansas City, I think DeAndre Baker and Mike Hughes are going to be better football players. So, and I saw the Chiefs did not give up a whole lot. It's two late no, it's draft picks, like a six, it's a yeah, six and a seventh, sixth rounders, or like I think we gave them a sixth in exchange for him, and then we swapped seventh rounders or something like. I know there's like a conditional line, sixth and seventh rounders. Like every once in a while, you have some luck, but like. I'm not going to, you know, I will lose exactly this amount of sleep tonight for the fact that, oh, no, we're not going to have a sixth round pick next year as it stands today. Oh, bummer. Um, but I I, th- I think there's like a conditional pick where like they're going to give up a second day. But as you said, it's not a big deal. So here's my thing on that. Again, the system with the coaching staff, they always find a way to get players to play at or sometimes even above their potential. So. It's one of those things where we just kind of have to wait and see. Remember, um, he never played a regular season snap, but do you remember when the Chiefs signed Danny Amerson a couple of years ago? He was a cornerback who played for the uh, Washington Redskins, a football team now, uh, and then he played for the Raiders, and he was actually a pretty solid cornerback. And I was really excited when the Chiefs got him, and I thought he was for sure going to be a better cornerback, but – he couldn't even make it uh, out of the preseason. So I think th- that happens once in a while, but the Chiefs are certainly going to give him a try and uh, and see where things go. But um, l- look, the-, the Chiefs have a lot of young uh, defensive backs on the team right now, including Hughes and Baker. So I- I'm curious to see how uh, that cornerback group uh, pans out. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I view it as a almost zero risk sort of a thing, kind of like when we got Cam yeah. Irving, right, where it was like, you know, former first round guy that you get for a late round pick. You know, I, I agree with what you said there about you know, it can be about the coaching piece, but the other part is like even more than that, it's about system fit. You know, mm-hmm. I think that, that you know, for example, I think you know, like a Jonathan Baldwin type, which is to say. You know, really big body wide receiver, not necessarily the fastest. That dude doesn't do his best work for Andy Reid. He just doesn't. Not as a receiver anymore. Uh, maybe he's a tight end, but that's its own discussion. Um, whereas, you know, say in Atlanta, someone like McCole Hardman probably isn't doing his best work. You know, it's just a different approach. Um, and so ultimately, like that's, you know, both of these guys, both Baker and Mike Hughes, I mean, we all know Spagnuolo likes to play a press man defense. Um, and so then specifically from a corner perspective, like, you know, there's 
corners who are really good at press and you know they are really they look out of place in a lot of other systems and here's that's the reason like you, you saw some of the guys who left seattle didn't end up doing quite as well byron murphy in particular i think is yeah. his name. or maybe byron jones i get him mixed up um, uh, one of them's doing it now one of them did it in the past either way name was byron <laughs> I, i'm running i'm, I'm running uh pretty low on battery here so we got to wrap yeah. up in a, in a few minutes but here's what i will add to that sammy watkins i think he would have benefited if he would have taken less money to stay here because here's the thing i think he fits this system really well especially if he takes less snaps because of his injuries and mm-hmm. patrick mahomes distributes the ball very well even to third fourth fifth wide receivers on the team so keep an eye on a player like i want people to remember this discussion and think about Sammy Watkins. Like, is Sammy Watkins going to have the same level of production in Baltimore? I mean, Lamar Jackson, we know what kind of a quarterback he is. He runs the ball a lot more. He's not the most prolific passer. Very, very far from it. Um, what I'll say about him is he's a college quarterback, and I don't mean that in, like, a, oh, he could only run sort of way that a lot of yeah. people say it. I mean that his primary success throwing the ball is over the middle. It's not to the edges. Um and Watkins has done a lot of his best work on the edge. That's just a fact. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, watch Watkins this year. I, 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 look, I like the guy. He did so much for us. I think he was honestly very sure. underappreciated. People don't realize this. He's he's top five in Chiefs history when it comes to postseason receiving yards. Um, he's up there with Otis Taylor, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Um I mean, he's really done a lot for – he turned it up in the postseason. Uh, I know he was not consistent in the regular season, but he really he's pulled through when hurt. when he needed to. Yeah, that's the other like, thing. He, he yeah. didn't miss the, His games. biggest problem truly is just his injury. Like his ability yeah. has never been in question, at least not from me. <laughs> but that's the thing you have to consider. Because he is injury prone, this is someone who – you know, you, you have to put him on some sort of a snap count. Cause he, if he plays a lot more snaps, then yeah, he could get hurt and he's got to be on the, on the right system too. So keep an eye on that. That's the one thing I wanted to add. Um, but yeah, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here. Uh, like I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the podcast. So uh, this coming weekend, uh, that's going to be my birthday. I'm just going to chill and relax. And then the following weekend's Memorial day and, Honestly, I'm going to run all my errands and all that shit like during the week, so I'm not going to be podcasting. No, no more farce cast in May. No, no more farce casts in the month of May. I will say, um, I spoke to uh, uh, as, as far as upcoming guests. Um, obviously, Zach will be back. Hopefully, DJ. DJ says he wants to come on. Um, he just works he, a lot. Yeah, he he's always got a crazy schedule, so um, I'll keep inviting him. So do I, but I do it all from home. He has to lawyer in court, so it's different. yeah. Um, <laughs> He's in court suing people. No, I mean, I don't know. I won't get into that. Or whatever it is he does. We'll ask <laughs> um, him next time and try to remember it better. As, as far as upcoming guests, uh, Dan Shanka, who's a good friend of mine, nice. a former chief scout. Uh, he'll be joining me soon. Um, I want his to, opinion on the draft. Yes. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun talking to him. I want to see if Joe Valeria would be available. Uh, and then uh, Adam Paul. Well, I want to join for that one. Uh, Adam Pock, uh, I'll reach out to you for that one. I love shooting the shit with Joe. Uh, Adam Pock, uh, who was a finalist from Big Brother 13, he is going to uh, be on as well next month. So I'm very excited for that. And then a few other guests, I'm sure that'll uh, come up. Uh, most recent podcast, if you guys join late on the live, the Facebook live uh, page, I did have Shane Bishop, producer from Dateline NBC. 
uh, super, super nice guy. Uh, and I met him through Chiefs Twitter, of all places, because uh, he's a huge Chiefs fan. Um, nice. Check out my podcast with him. Uh, had a really nice discussion with him with everything. He's on with Dateline NBC. I know everyone's thinking about the whole to catch a predator thing. He had zero involvement with that. We did talk about it, but not to the fullest length. So I know some people were looking forward to that discussion. We didn't really dive deep into that because, like I said, he I mean, he didn't have uh, – a lot to do with that, but we still t- chatted about that a little bit. If you want to hear that part of it as well uh, from that podcast, but until then uh, I'm going to be uh, taking a hiatus from this podcast. I'll be back in the beginning of June. Uh, you all stay safe. Hey, the pandemic's going down. If you're vaxxed, go out there, enjoy yourself. If you're not, Hey, you know, the risks, you know, you're allowed to do what you want to do, but Everyone just be safe, be kind to each other, have fun, enjoy the holiday weekend in a couple of weeks. Other than that, I will talk to you guys then. Big thanks to Zach for joining me. My name is Farz Vesugian. Follow me on social media. Subscribe to Farz Cash. Share the links with your friends. Other than that, I will talk to you guys later. Take care.